Hello? Hello, hello, hello? Um, is anybody there? Hello, hello? Oh, oh, now I'm starting to hear myself. <laughs> I love to hear myself. Yeah, I know that for sure, yeah. Uh, okay, welcome to another edition. Oh, one second. Maybe we're having a technical difficulty. Is this my headphones? Could it be my studio headphones are loose and they're not making contact? Could it be? I don't know. Or just, I don't know. Just make me louder. I don't know. Hello? Is anybody there? Yes, we can hear you. Uh, you want a pizza? No, no, no. <laughs> I didn't mean to hear me across the street. Okay, here we go. Welcome to another edition of Storytime with Rabbi Yitzhi and his sidekick, me, Yossi! Boy, you're excited today. Okay, so let me remind you that uh, once again, you're listening to JRoot Radio at jrootradio.com. You can also listen to us live on the telephone by dialing 712-432-4217. And you can also listen to us live or you can listen to old shows on the archives. Just follow the menu at 718-506-9099. That number again is 718-506. 9099. And of course, the number we never have to say because people know how to call right after the show. They know this number. Bal Pam Mom is 718 683 5858. They all know it's so perfect. That's correct. They certainly do. Okay. And of course, if anybody wants to text in uh, perhaps a story suggestion or any questions or something like that, or more to find out more information about how one can, uh, <clears throat> let's say, uh, advertise or uh, sponsor our show or another show, uh, something to that effect, uh, then you can always, uh, you know, uh, you can always uh, text in. And the text number is uh, 347-678-1699. Nope, wrong number. Sorry, my mistake. I got the wrong number. Uh, sorry, here it is. <laughs> Forget that first number. The text number is 347-927-8398. Once again, the correct text number is 347-927-8398. Okay, and now uh, I would like to remind everybody that J Radio can use your donations. And yes, it is considered tzedakah. Okay, 2829 Nostrand Avenue. So once again, if you want to send donations to J Root Radio, the address is 2829 Nostrand Avenue, Brooklyn, New York, 11229. That address again is 2829 Nostrand Avenue, Brooklyn, New York, 11229. And I'd like to remind everybody once again that tonight's show is dedicated as a Fushalema for Chaim Yesetsi Ben Sarah Miriam. Once again, it's dedicated as a Fushalema for Chaim Yesetsi Ben Sarah Miriam. Okay. Uh, Rabbi Yosh, do you happen to have a story tonight? I'm not sure. Why? Should I tell you if I do or not? I don't know. Do you have one? Oh, well, um, I, I guess so. I mean, uh, you, you think I come here unprepared? <laughs> you want me to answer that? Uh, you see? I'm just kidding. I'm getting ready for Purim. Purim? Hanukkah is the next Yantif. I know, but it takes a while to get into the mood. Oh, yeah, sure. For you, uh, yeah, I, I can almost believe that. Okay, now, um, I'd like to remind everybody once again, and if you're interested in... Hi, Rabbi Yitzhak, for storytelling engagements or for karate demonstrations or for kayak from the Mayach, then you can always call 718-375-1294. That is correct. And as we know, the Hanukkah is a lot closer than you think it is. And people already started coming, Baruch Hashem. They started calling and they started booking. So uh, uh, if you want to book Kayach uh, Mayach or the uh, Extreme Martial Arts demonstration, then be sure that when you want to hire me for that, you have a solid floor. 
okay? Uh, because I don't want to damage your floor. I do break bricks and so on and so forth. And uh, broken bricks do hit floors and they can scratch, even though I put something down, but uh, nonetheless. Okay, so, uh, and also, of course, uh, if you're interested in storytelling, uh, you know, whatever. So, yes, I do speak Yiddish also. Okay, so now that we got that straightened out, uh, so if you're interested in either of those things, you can call 718-375-1294. Also, if you're interested in any private art lessons, private martial arts lessons, self-defense lessons, qigong energy exercises, and so on and so forth, or you need some artwork or something of that nature, portraits, paintings, etc., things like that, or even kasubas, handwritten, whatever, illuminated like they use the fancy word, yes, then the number to call is 718-375-1294. And yes, the Koyach and the Moyach is a very Hamish show, so uh, if you want more information, you can call 718-375-1294. Okay, and... Um, now that we got that straightened out, um, let's go straight to our story. Is there anything that I left out? Yeah, yeah, you see these. Oh, yes, of course. How could I forget? Yes, if anybody's interested in ordering any of my story CDs, they can call 718-375-1294 and give me your email address, and I will either email it to you or fax it to you with everyone you like. And, of course, as we get closer to Hanukkah, yes, Bez Hashem, I will try, Bez Hashem, to um, pick another eight or ten more CDs to add to my collection as it grows and grows. Right now, we have over 40. Okay, so now, and yes, at the present moment, I say at the present moment, maybe I'll change my mind one day, but right now, at the present moment, 99% of them are not available in stores. Okay, so that we got everything out of the way? I think so, except for me. I'm standing right here. Okay. Now, tonight, I have a very interesting story. Somebody emailed me this story, and uh, it gave me some information, but it's hard for me to figure out all the information of the exact time period that it happened or which particular place it happened, but I, he just was very clear about one thing, that this is a story that happened with the Hele Gitzadik, Rab Chaim Zanvil Abramowitz, which uh, is known as, uh, he was known as the uh, Ribnitzer Rebbe, and he was a very famous person. He was born in 1902, and he was nifted in the year 1995. So if you do the math... I know, he's lived to be about 93 years old, and there's a lot of things said about him. That's correct. Uh, he was a very, very big follower of the Heiliger Tzaddik, Rav Avraham Matisio of Stefanist. You know that, right? Of course, I was down there at that time. I mean, just kidding, just kidding. Yes, and he lived in the... That time was called the, uh, the USSR, the Soviet Union, uh, under uh, uh, Joseph Stalin's rule. And believe it or not, he still lived a full Jewish religious life. Yes, and he served as a moyel, and he was a shoichet. And he was such a great big tzaddik. Uh, many say he had Ruch HaKodesh, and I personally believe that due to a couple of stories that I know of personally that happened, and even witnessed to a certain extent. Uh, he fasted very often, and he tabled himself many times daily in a mikveh, and sometimes when it wasn't available so easily, he used to go to the rivers and chop the ice away, even if it was thick ice. And he was very famous for the way he said his tikkun chatzois. And in a mamish, you know, but uh, okay, but the story is not about that. I just want to build up for you to understand that he is a great, great tzaddik. He was, and his, still his memory lives on. And the many miraculous stories are told of him, and so on and so forth. 
Uh, his last known place that he lived was in Muncie. So I'm not 100% sure whether this story took place when he lived in Borough Park, Seagate, Brooklyn, or in Muncie, New York. But I'm pretty positive of the information that was given, and this definitely happened uh, quite a number of years ago in the early years when the Rebbe was inside New York, or actually in the United States, I should say. And so definitely happened to happen, it had to happen after the 1970s, that's for sure, right after the 70s, no question about it. Because after all, you know, he, he, he left uh, uh, Russia in 1970, then he moved to Matasdorf section in Yerushalayim, and, and there he lived there for a few years before he came to the United States, so maybe even the story happened in the 80s. Yes, that's a very possibility. But one thing is for sure, I'll tell you from stories that this tzaddik, uh, the Rebbe Rebbe, is not one of those Rebbe's from hundreds and hundreds of years ago, because after all, he was Nifta just in 1995, but he was known to have Ruach HaKodesh, and he gave brachas, and, and I'm telling you, even in Russia, when he was in Russia, the KGB was afraid of him. They uh, uh, admired him. And matter of fact, sometimes the KGB themselves brought their wives and children for brachas and experienced miracles. Wow, such a great introduction. Are you going to get to the story yet? Oh, yes, sure. Okay, so I just want you to know that Tzaddik is 100% real. There is no question about it. With the story, I don't know about it so much, and I don't know about all the names. So we're just going to make up some names, uh, because he just gave me the story in general. I like the plot of the story, and I like the lesson very, very much. So, um, uh, so therefore, uh, uh, I, I, since I like it very much, so I'm going to tell the story, and I can't vouch for its authenticity 100%, but judging from the Stories that I personally know that are true from the Rivnitzer Rebbe, such a story like this is definitely possibly to happen or to have happened. Okay, so now that we got that straight, let's go back in time somewhat as we look at a time period probably in the 80s or later 70s, whatever it was, where um, some people were thinking about making business deals. So, uh, listen here, uh, you know, um, uh, Menachem, listen to me very carefully. Uh, yeah, sure, Mendel, what's the problem? Uh, listen, I was just thinking out loud. Yeah, you always think out loud. You give me a headache sometimes. No, no, listen here. Listen to me very carefully. I know that I give you a headache and everything like this. But you know, I heard of a great way that we can invest money. <laughs> a great way we can invest money? Listen, if we're going to invest money, we have to make a profit. Is this going to make us a profit or what? Yeah, Avada, Zichir, 100% is going to make us a profit. You'll see, I'm telling you. Really? And how is this going to make us a profit? Well, we have to have money to begin with. Well, uh, what are we going to do? Borrow from a bank? Well, we have good business credit, no, don't we? Uh, yes, we do. Yeah, sure, Mendel, we do. Good, Menachem, so listen to me. Herzegchi, listen very carefully. Ich probiert, ich tra I'm, I'm trachting, as I, you know, I'm thinking like this, you know. I, I was thinking like this. We go to one of these older neighborhoods, you understand? There's a poor neighborhood, you understand? And some of the landlords, they abandoned the houses and they couldn't pay their mortgages and they gave it to the banks and the bank is selling it for dirt cheap. What? You're telling me they're selling houses for dirt? Cheap dirt? Now, oh, come on, don't be ridiculous. No, 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 a dirt cheap. They're selling dirt cheap or they're selling houses cheap? It's an expression. What's the matter with you? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Listen, 
And then we make money like this because the house won't cost so much. And we collect the rent, we'll be able to pay back the mortgage that we take out the loan, first last. And after tea, when we pay back the loan, we can also go over. And how would you say? How would I say what? If you don't tell me what to say, how could I say? I mean, you know what I mean. I, no, I don't know what you mean. Well, let's try to I mean, listen. Just try to tell me. Relax yourself and just spit out the words. I don't spit. Ha, ha, ha. Now you're getting back at me. I'm just kidding. Okay, you kid, I kid. We both kid. Are we kids? No, we're adults. Okay, listen. Very good what I'm going to tell you, okay? I'm listening, I'm listening, I'm listening. I was just thinking that uh, we should do this idea, uh, what you're saying, that we should do. Did you say the idea or I said the idea? You know what? We're talking to each other so much. We're both confused. We're both mixed up. But the bottom line is there are houses that are being foreclosed and it's being sold for dirt cheap from the bank. And I think we should do the investment and buy some of these houses and rent them out. What do you say? I like the idea. I'm glad I thought of it. Wait a minute. I thought I thought of it. I thought that you thought of it, but then I think that I thought of it. Well, you know what? We both thought of it, okay? All right, we both thought of it. Okay, let's go buy these houses. Okay, let's go to the bank and we go. And sure enough, they went to the bank and they went to the loan officers. Uh, hello, Shalom Aleichem, how are you? How are you, sir? How are you? How are you? How are you? I'm glad to meet you, sir. Now, um, uh, your name is? And my name is Mendele Bronstein. Bronstein? Okay, you can call me Mendele Bronstein, okay? Yes, yes, sure, fine, no problem. Okay, so Mr. Mendel Bronstein, uh, you would like to take out a loan? Yes, I would like to take out a loan. First, I stay, you understand? Ich will a Roth nehmen, oh, sorry, I almost spoke Yiddish too. I'm sorry. I want to take out a loan because I want to buy some of those houses that are being foreclosed. So this way, when I buy them, I can make profit and I can pay back the mortgage. You understand what I'm saying? I see. So uh, let me take a look at your credit and so on and so forth. Let me see. Oh, very good. Um, let me. This checks out very good. Okay, this checks out very good. <laughs> this, you know what? Uh, I think we could approve you for the loan. We'll let you know in a couple of days, okay? Thank you very much. Uh, and then and, and, uh, we'll be in touch. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Put your hand on my shoulder. We'll be in touch. <laughs> Watch everybody. Don't take jokes around here. Come on. Don't be so serious. We're a bank. You're not a library, okay? A library is ever still and quiet. <laughs> kind of shredding, you know, can't talk. Okay, listen. Don't worry. Okay, let me know. You got my name and address. Sure, sure, sure. I got your signature and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As long as you don't got my bank account. I mean, yeah, right, this is a bank. <laughs> All right, very good. No problem. Okay, nicht to kein problem. Okay, What? What? Never mind, never mind. And sure enough, the loan was approved. And he went down to look at the houses. And he realized that, yes, these houses are in poor neighborhoods. And yes, they are dirt cheap. There is no question about it that these houses were dirt cheap. But there was something else that had to be taken into account. And that something else was the following. It was a bad neighborhood. Yes, because some of the people around there... They were not the nicest of people because they couldn't find good jobs and everything like this, and they took it out on others. Sometimes they would beat up people in the streets in that area. Sometimes they mugged people, which means they robbed them, and so on and so forth. And so, obviously, 
Mendel uh, realized that this is a very dangerous thing, but he thought of it like anybody else would. Yeah, that's right. I'm thinking of it like anybody else would. This is an investment, in, uh, and I'm trying to be an honest businessman. And Alfred Zahn, in ordinary, everything is going to be fine and dandy. Yes, I'm positive that everything is going to be gewaldic, gewaldic, gewaldic. So, no, Menachem, you got your loan approved? Yeah, sure, sure. I got my loan approved. Yeah, yeah, sure, 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 sure. I already went to closing already. You know that? Bez <laughs> Hashem, I'm going to have it. It made me on the same block as you. And there's a couple other you know, buying houses for investments and things like this. And sure enough, they were buying these houses. And once they bought the houses, they advertised them for rent and so on. Naturally, they fixed them up a little bit to be movable in, you know, a sort of a, to be able to move right in. They did a paint job, fixed little cracks and holes and did some extermination, make sure there's no uh, little roaches or mice going around, you know. <laughs> so they made sure of these things and, uh, of course, everything was fine. And uh, they rented, uh, you know, each per- uh, person accordingly. And Mendel Bronstein rented to a... Uh, to a guy by the name of Reginald. Yes, that's right, Reginald uh, McIntyre. Is that, am I reading it right? Let me see, Reginald, no, 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 McIntyre is an apple. Um, Reginald, Reginald, uh, 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 uh. (laughs) Reginald Green, that's his name, Reginald Green. Oh, oh, so where, where did this Mac and I even think about the apples listed over there? There, there was all the different apples. Oh, oh, I see, I see. I don't know how that happened, but all right. <laughs> I guess those are the breaks when you wear bifocals. It splits everything in two. Okay, anyways, uh, so where was we? Ah, yes, so Reginald grinned. Okay, so uh, he, 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 he rented the house and so on and so forth. And in that neighborhood, there was a Galach, a priest. Now, um, you know... Like everything else, when you have a large population of people, unfortunately, not everybody stays honest, and they should be, and so on and so forth. Now, people that have faith and trust in Hashem, in the good Lord, then, of course, they trust that they'll make whatever they have to make in business, in Panossa, whatever money is supposed to be, they'll get, and so on and so forth. And uh, there are some people that don't believe in that so much, and they believe in cheating, and so on and so forth. Now, there are some people that, um, you know, act like people to lead a flock, meaning they act like a, a leader of a congregation or something, uh, whether they call themselves a rabbi or a priest or a galach or whatever it is, a reverend or whatever. Some of these people, you know, are not really honest, and some of them are really, uh, I like we finished this past week of Noyach, they were really corrupt. That's what it is. They were corrupt. So we're going to be talking about, and now I don't got the name. He just told me there was a Galach that was corrupt. So we're going to give him a name, Lee Jones. Okay? So there was a Galach, and we're going to call him Father Lee Jones. Because many Galochim get the name Father in front because, like, they're a starter, of, uh, a leader of a flock. So uh, Father Lee Jones. We're going to meet him right now. Father, are you ready? Oh, yes. I's ready. Mm-hmm. Yes, indeed. I is ready. Hmm. Now let's see what's going on in my neighborhood. Wow, look at this. I see that houses are being bought up by some Jewish people. Whoa, that's nice. But then it's the end. It's not nice. Uh, why would a Jewish person want to buy a house in this neighborhood? Uh, a rich Jew coming into a poor neighborhood? They don't want to live here. 
They want to rent. <laughs> well, let's see. Uh, oh, there's Reginald. <laughs> Reginald, can I speak with you? Oh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, Reverend. Yes, 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 Father, Father, Father. Yes, sir. Well, what you want? What you want? What you want? Tell me what you want, and I- I'm going to do whatever you say. Uh, well, that's nice. Uh, tell me, you rented a, a house around here? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's freshly painted and everything. Really looks nice. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I see. And uh, the price? Oh, sir, for this time and age, I think the price is very good. Uh, he's asking uh, for uh, 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 my apartment. I think he's asking for $750. Yes, $750. Now, that is not bad. Sir, sir, do you understand? Uh, um, that is not bad at all. $750 for, for a four-room apartment, that's pretty good. Okay, sir, uh, uh, do you agree with me? Uh, uh, well, actually, it, it, it's four rooms and I get to use the basement if I need to for my washer and dryer. Okay, so that, that, that's, that's pretty good. And, and it's got a fresh, fresh paint job. Yes, sir, yes, sir. Yes, sir, it's got a fresh paint job. Uh-huh, I see. So it's got you a fresh paint job. <laughs> so that makes it like the Jewish people say kosher. <laughs> what about roaches? Oh, no, no, sir. Uh, he, he sprayed and he, he had an exterminator. Ain't no rats. Ain't, ain't, ain't no roaches. No nothing. Just, just, just us. <laughs> Very interesting. Okay. Very good. Okay. You go on and, and live there nicely. <laughs> Uh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Ah, uh, George, how are you? Ah, I'm fine, sir. I am totally fine. I am fine, sir. Yes, indeed. What can I do for the Reverend, hmm? What can I do for you? Uh, well, I was just wondering, um, uh, um, well, where, where do you live nowadays? Well, I live, I, I tell you, I live, I live in a house. <laughs> I'm renting it from a Jewish guy. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And, and, and I am paying uh, about, about um, $750 for four rooms. Yes, sir. And, and I get to use the basement and wash and dry and everything like that. And these are big rooms, you know what I mean? <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I see. Very interesting. So everybody's renting, and most of these houses were bought by Jews. Very interesting. Well, let's see what happens with services on Sunday. <laughs> and sure enough, this reverend, who is not the most honest person around, and never, unfortunately, when people are people of the cloth, like they call it, and they don't act the proper way, it's a bad sign for the others. It doesn't look good for the others. And that's bad news. Uh, Okay, so, but unfortunately, this guy was pretty corrupt. But he tried to cover his tracks very well. So Father Lee Jones was running his services, and he was telling everybody to repeat the prayers after him. And then he had, you know, one of his... Uh, followers, his uh, underpriests, whatever they call them. He was going around with their little uh, basket, you know, to collect the monies and everything. And he began to notice as the weeks were going on that donations were less and less. And he met some of them on the street. Well, well, well. Reginald, Reginald Green, how are you? How are you? How are you? Oh, sir, 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 I'm very good, sir. Sir, thank, thank you for asking. Um, I'm fine. My wife is fine. My kids are fine. And, 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 and everything is fine, fine, fine. The weather is nice today, isn't it? Uh, yes, it is. Yes, it is. Let me ask you something. 
hope you don't mind me asking. Oh, no, Reverend, you, you can ask whatever, because you, you're the Reverend, you know what I mean? And I rever you, yes, sir. Okay, now, what what is your question? My question is a very simple one. <laughs> Tell me, how come I didn't see you put any money this week into the box for the donations? Oh, sir, uh, well, um, uh, you know, like um, uh, my job, uh, I couldn't put in so many hours this week. You know, I wasn't feeling so well. And, you know, my rent is like $750, but it's a good apartment, really good. I like it very much. And, and, and therefore, sir, I went over and, and, and I had to put my extra money over there. Uh, maybe next week I'll be able to pay you uh, the rent. I see. Oh, there is Leroy. Leroy, can I talk to you? Oh, yeah, sure. Reverend, what is it? What you got for me? Well, Leroy, tell me. You used to give a couple of dollars that you used to put into the basket on Sundays, and now you put, like, 50 cents? What happened? Oh, sir, you know I have a big family. I have a very large family. Mm-hmm, uh-huh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I have a very large family. And, and, and I'm paying over a thousand dollars a month rent, and you know my job, uh, you know, pays according to how much hours I put in. And sometimes we get busy, and sometimes we don't. Because you know I do a little construction here and there, and sir, but I tell you, I when I say to you, mm-hmm, yes sir, when I say to you that um, business is not the way it used to be, and that's what it is, and so I gotta put my money where uh, my rent is. I see. Very interesting. And so, the Reverend Lee Jones. His mind was racing for a sinister plot. And he went over into his little office in his church. And he sat down and he started to make plans. Hmm. You know, when everybody couldn't afford rent, and everybody was paying, you know, like maybe $40, $50, even $100, Big deal, so what? The rats weren't running around my church. They were running around their houses in the streets. <laughs> A couple of wild dogs here and there. But now, these Jewish people come in, and they went over and they bought these houses. <clears throat> and they're charging a half-decent rent. It really is a reasonable rent. But my people are poor, and they can't afford to put the donations and they don't put donations, I don't become rich. If I don't become rich, how can I retire? Hmm. Ah, I know what my next sermon is going to be about. <laughs> my plans are hatching already. Yes, yes, indeed, 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 indeed. Yes, sir, yes, sir. All right, all right. <laughs> yes, sir, okay. And so he waited for that following Sunday. When all the all the congregants were there from his Besatuma, uh, and as he stood up there by the pulpit, he said, "Gentlemen, gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, and little kids also, listen to me and listen to me well. <laughs> you know, I am your uh, galach, and I am here for your benefit, and you know that, and you know I only think about the goodness for you. So I just want you to understand, and I want you to pay attention to what I'm going to tell you." Because I want you to understand very clearly that, um, you know, I've noticed that you people are not putting donations into the charity box the way you're supposed to and the way you used to. And, you know, uh, your money supports the uh, base of Tuma. You know that. So uh, listen to me very carefully. Um, 
I realized from speaking to people here and there, I learned that you people have rented houses from a bunch of nice Jewish people. And, of course, they uh, fixed it up a little bit so they feel they could charge a lot of rent. Now, you're stuck in a sort of a, like a catch-22 situation. You need a home to live in. You need a place to stay. And you want something nice and decent without roaches and mice running around. Now, I could understand that. But I just don't understand why the landlords have to charge so much rent. Why, if a person is paying $750, I think he should pay maybe uh, $400, maybe. Or maybe $200. But, sir, that, that, that's kind of ridiculous. I would, I would say so, sir. I mean, I mean, we have to understand that I mean, they did use money to pay up, and they, they did take out a mortgage. They, they got to pay their mortgage, you know, and we can't pay less, and they, they won't make any profit. How are they going to pay their bills? And how are you going to pay your bills? Think about it. What, 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 sir, do you expect us to do? Well, sir, uh, you, you got a lot of suggestions over there since you're the uh, gallop and everything, so why don't you uh, uh, spill it out and tell us what you have in mind? <laughs> it's a very simple thing, what I have in mind. It's called you go on strike. Strike? But if I go on strike, then I don't work, and I don't work, I don't make money, I don't work, and I don't make money, I don't put food on my table. No, 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 not strike from the place where you work. I'm talking about strike as far as paying rent goes. You just say when the guy comes around to collect the rent, you just don't have it. And you'll pay the next time, and the next time, and the next time. <laughs> Get it? And then when they say, why can't you pay the rent? It's way too high, you understand? And then, uh, you know, uh, you know, if they tried to evict you, that's going to be a problem. Because, you see, it's going to take a while. It could take a couple of months to evict. So either way, we're going to win. And then we just have to make some sort of a deal with the, with the, with the courts. And then we can go over and, and make payment deals, you know. So <laughs> it, it ain't as uh, easy as they think it is. So if y'all brave and y'all ready to do this, then I think that we should do this. So this way, uh, the base of Tuma can grow and we can profit over here. You understand? Yeah, yeah, I'll do, I'll do. Thank you. Thank you. I do. I do. Thank you. And of course, they all seemed to understand him. But they didn't realize that he wasn't so sincere. He wanted this money for his own pockets. That's what he wanted. He wanted to line his own pockets. And so, at the end of the month and the beginning of the next, which was the time that the rent was supposed to be paid on the first, uh, Mendel and Bronstein, he came over to Reginald Green. Hey, I'm going to bum, 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 bum. Let me ring the bell. <coughs> Just a minute, I'm coming, I'm coming. Just a minute, I'm coming, I'm coming, I'm coming. <coughs> Hello there. Oh, Mr. Bronstein, how are you? How are you? What brings you down to this part of the neighborhood? What do you mean, what brings me down to the part of the neighborhood? Do you know what today is? Oh, uh, yeah, today is Monday. Now, besides Monday. Uh, the day after Sunday? Uh, besides that. The day before Tuesday? Besides that. Oh, the first of the month. Right, 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 right. Yeah, the first of the month. Yeah, yeah, so, therefore? You're supposed to pay the rent. You know, you have the money, the 700 and $50? Uh, you know something? Uh, you know what? I had a, a lot of expenses this month and everything, and um, I just wasn't able to pay uh, the rent. I'm, I'm very sorry, sir. Uh, I'm terribly, terribly, terribly sorry. Ah, uh, I, I see. I see. Um, uh, all right. Maybe I'll give you a few more days. 
Hey, well, you can give me a few more days and give me a few more months. I mean, wait a minute, a few more months, you have to pay for the others. Well, we'll take one month at a time, sir. Uh, 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 all right, very good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, um, um, uh, what's my Nachem going to do? Hello there, sir. Shalom Aleichem. How are you? How are you? Yeah, don't give me the Shalom Aleichem business. Um, you know, you try to teach me some Yiddish, that's very nice. But I'm very sorry, I know what you're here for, you're here for the rent, and guess what? I just don't have the rent. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm looking out there. See from my window high up here. <laughs> they don't look so happy. Let me take my little binoculars over here. Wow, he is so upset. Yeah, but you gotta pay the rent. I gotta pay a mortgage. What's the matter with you? I mean, you know, we have a deal. We have a we have a contract. You know, you signed the lease and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you have to pay. I'm what? Uh, you you have to pay. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, if you feel that you have to rick me, you can go right ahead. That'll also take you a couple of months, and then I'll still live rent free. Well, what's going on here? There's a conspiracy over here. And then, of course, the next month the same thing happened, and the month after that the same thing happened. Now, there was one thing I didn't mention earlier, but I should mention it, but because it's really a standard procedure. A bank is not going to give a mortgage for a house unless you take out home insurance and so on and so forth, the proper insurances. And, of course, the Jewish people that bought those houses definitely took out insurance. And so what was happening was is that uh, the Jewish people tried to go to court Forced them, and they, of course, the lawyers in the courts, they sent letters to the people that they must pay their rent and so on and so forth. And they gave hardship letters and back and forth, you know, all these things, and it was stretching. And uh, Mendel was not doing so well. Hi, Vaishmir. I couldn't pay the mortgage. This me, I they're gonna knock out the thing. I'm gonna lose so much money. What I gonna do? I, I, I don't know. I, I'm gonna be mispallowed. I'm gonna be mispallowed. And sure enough, he would be mispalled, and so would all the other homeowners, because now their investments are going down. And then word got around by somebody over-listening. Who's these days? Who's your hairdo? What it is that I hear? Herzogzi, Mendeley, Menachem. Herzogzi, listen very carefully. You know... I was passing by the neighborhood before I went to collect the rent. You know, I was passing by and I was uh, sitting in my car with a tinted window, so they didn't notice that I was sitting there. They thought it was a parked car. And then what happened was I opened my window a little crack and I heard the people talking. And they were saying that this idea what the Galach has is working. So it seems to be there's a conspiracy by the Galach. And he seems to be making that everybody should go on strike and not pay our rent. So this is very bad. So we have to try to find a, 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 a hotshot lawyer, you know what I mean? A very big, powerful lawyer that uh, knows how to uh, to uh, take care of cases like this and go to the legal system, Supreme Court, whatever, whatever has to be done, you know what I mean? Yeah, uh, yeah. I understand also. Very good. So maybe we're going to have to start working on this. Meantime, while they were working on it, what happened was Reginald Green was starting to think, oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. Uh, this is very interesting. Uh, right. Hey, oh boy. I don't, I don't understand what's going on here. Oh, 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 oh boy. Oh, boy, oh, boy. All righty. I'm going to do what I got to do. Oh, oh boy. Uh, you know, because we can't pay the rent. Oh, he, he didn't give any steam. Oh, never that guy. 
You understand? Because there ain't, 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 ain't no rent, no, no steam. Huh. So he, he, he hadn't had a fuel delivery in a while, no oil delivery. And we, we, we we're starting to freeze over here. So I, I got me an idea. I got me an idea. I'm going to take some pots of water and put them up here on the stove. I'm going to heat them up. I'm going to heat them up. Yep, 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 yep. That's what I'm going to do. That's what I'm going to do. Now, obviously, Reginald was not so, so smart. And Reginald didn't realize that the drapes near the kitchen window was floating, flaking back and forth. And it was very close to the range. And he put on the fires on the range very high. And slowly but surely, as people would walk by in the kitchen to try to warm up, the movements caused the wind. And eventually, the wind caused the drapes to get into the flames, sort of like a little jumping. And all of a sudden, the drapes were on fire. The flames were growing. Oh, my goodness. Gracious. Oh, my, 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 my goodness. You know what? Uh, we got to do some fights. Hey, 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 shut the stove. Shut the stove. Shut the stove. Oh, my goodness gracious. You know, pour out the pots. Pour out the pots because the fire department comes and they're going to find us here that we, we took these pots and they're going to say we caused the fire. We can't do that. We can't do that. Oh, we're going to make it look like it was an accident. Well, it is an accident. I think so. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sure. Sure, Regina. Yeah, yeah, it's an accident. Yeah, 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 yeah. Reginald. Yes, Regina. Let's get out of here. There's a fire. Fire. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Help. Fire, fire, fire. And, of course, in those days, um, they probably had the fire engine that still went. Or maybe they started to have the ones that went. I don't know. Anyways, whatever it was, the fire department came and so on and so forth. And the Reverend came out. What is this? What is going on here? <clears throat> Reginald, what happened? Tell me the truth. Yes, sir. I'm going to tell you the truth exactly what happened. See, um, the, the, you know, because we're not paying rent, so the only thing they can do is that if they can't afford to buy fuel so they don't fill up the oil tanks and everything, and they're not giving us any steam. So we do got some gas coming in. So I went over and I listened. I went over and I heat up some water and everything. And when I heat up the water, I, you know, everybody walking by, and it caused it like a little wind motion and everything, and the drapes caught fire. And that's when my house went on fire. You know, it's uh, like a wooden frame house. You know, something was it on blaze. I'm losing everything, isn't it? You know, but you know what? Uh, well, at least we're going to win now, right? What do you mean? Well, well you know what I mean, because now that you don't have a house, and therefore he, he ain't going to be able to collect rent. Ridiculous. <laughs> the plan is backfiring. Don't you get it? Uh, uh, no, no, sir. What, what am I supposed to get? <laughs> Don't you understand? He can collect insurance. He has fire insurance. He can collect the whole value of the house, and then he doesn't have to worry about the rent. We got to come up with a plan to stop it. Well, well how are we going to do it? How are we going to do it? Well, let's see. He's been coming every month to collect the rent, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. And you know exactly what he looks like. Yeah, I sure do. I know what he looks like. Yes, sir. I know what he looks like. Yes, sir. He's that guy with the beard and those search, uh, you know, what they, what they call a temple ox here, coming down the side of his face. Yep, yep, yep. He's got some Hasidic garb and everything. Yes, yes, yes. I know, I know exactly what he looks like. Good. Excellent. Listen to me. All you have to do is call the police now and say that you saw this Jew, Mendel Bronstein, come by 
and <coughs> light up your house on fire. <laughs> then he'll be arrested. He'll be tried. He may be put in jail for insurance fraud, and he certainly won't collect the insurance money. <laughs> so what do you say, my man? What you gonna do? Oh, oh no, that's dishonest. I would never do that. No, no, no. I would never, ever, ever do that. Well, let me ask you a question like this. You do need money, don't you? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. I most certainly do. Well, if I paid you a thousand dollars, would you testify that you saw him? Yeah, 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 sure, 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 I would do that. Yeah, yeah, for a thousand dollars? Yeah, 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 sure, sure. No, no, no question about it, man. I would, I would definitely do it. Good. We got a deal? Oh, yeah, yeah. Keep it a secret. Remember that. Now go and call the fire department. No, you don't have to do that. They're here. Go ahead. Tell the fire to, Oh, there's the fire marshal right there. Go tell him what you saw. Tell him. Oh, oh, yeah. You're going to get paid, remember? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, excuse me, Mr. Fire Marshal. Oh, yes, sir. What can I do for you, young man? Well, um, uh, um, um, uh, go ahead. Tell him. Oh, oh, yeah. Well, um, let me tell you something. You know, um, I was uh, near my kitchen where, where the fire began. I, and um, oh, what happened was this, is that, um, uh, um, you know, um, I saw from the window, uh, uh, my, my landlord, he, he, he came by, uh, Mandel Bronstein, he came by, and, and he threw this uh, fire thing through my window. You see, the window's cracked and everything, uh, and he threw it in, and, and my curtains caught flying, the whole house went up, and so I think I think he burnt down the whole house. If you ask me, I think it's because he wanted to get revenge against me, because, you know, I, I haven't paid rent for a while because I wasn't able to, but, sir... You know that uh, he has to pay a mortgage, and the only way he can do that, sir, is if he co- collects insurance money. So he probably set the house on fire. In this way, you know, uh, uh, he can collect the insurance money, and then he can walk away from the house. You understand what I'm saying? But, you know, he didn't even care if anybody was inside or not. You know what I mean? He didn't care if he killed somebody or hurt somebody. He just threw it in. He didn't ask to see if anybody was here. But he didn't think I saw it. But I was standing at a window at that time, and I just happened to see him. Are you sure about that? This is heavy charges. You know, insurance fraud is not a simple thing. Yeah, yeah I'm telling you, sir. I know exactly what I saw. All right. Uh, we'll uh, look into it. And sure enough, because other people in the neighborhood were saying, Yes, sir, that's right. These guys are coming down here and they're charging us such high rents and everything. And then, then when we campaign, they threaten us and everything and they're to evict us and everything, but they don't want to bother with us. So I think they're starting this uh, thing about starting to burn down the houses. Yeah, yeah. When, 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 when Reginald Green says that he saw Mendel Bronstein, he probably did. He probably did. I would believe him. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And so, sure enough, uh, Mendel Bronstein was at home, and he was eating his supper when it was a knock on the door. Uh, yeah, one second, who's there? One second. Oh, hello there, Mr. Officer. What's the problem? Something happened on the block? Was another breaking or something? What's the matter? Well, sir, I don't know how to tell you this, so I'm going to let my partner tell you. All right, now listen to me and listen to me very carefully. Uh, please turn around, put your hands behind your back, and you have the right to remain silent. Anything you say will and can be used against you in the court of law. Huh? Will you say that McGill again? Or maybe not. Listen, what are you talking about? Well, let me tell you what my partner's trying to say. My partner's trying to tell you that you're being arrested for insurance fraud. What insurance fraud? What are you talking about? Oh, uh, the house that you own. 
down in that, you know, um, uh, slum neighborhood, you know, um, that uh, was set on fire by you. What you talking about? I'm here the whole time. You, I know the fire now because you're telling me. Boy, you're a very good actor. I'm sorry. There are witnesses. There's a witness, an eyewitness that saw you. He was standing by the window and he saw you throw in uh, like a firebomb of some sort. What? I'm myself and Boba Mises. You know, our law disguised me sugar. You know what you're listening to? A guy who doesn't pay the rent and wants to get me in trouble? Come on. What are you talking about? Well, it's possible that uh, you are um, going to collect insurance money. I could, if I am, but I'm going to have to follow the papers. I have to know what is going on here. Well, you're not going to be able to because you're under arrest. Uh, um, 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 Okay, in lieu of the fact that you have no criminal record at the present moment, we will set a bail uh, for a bond, okay, and it'll be $10,000 bond, okay, and it'll be fine, and then just sign all these papers here, and uh, you'll be dismissed, and uh, just make sure you show up for the trial, because if you don't, uh, then of course we will <laughs> send out a warrant for your arrest, okay? Uh, make sure you show up to this trial. Uh, uh, yeah, sure, of course. I raise me, now I'm on bail, I have to do something. What are they gonna do? Wait a second. The Heilige Tzadik, Rab Chaim Zanvil Abramovitz, the Ribnitzer Rebbe. Ah, he's known that he gives a bracha, it's a bracha. Hmm, maybe he'll give me a bracha or give me advice what to do. Yes, I'm gonna go see the great Heilige Tzadik, the Ribnitzer Rebbe. And so what happened was, uh, Mendel Bronstein managed to get an appointment with the Heilige Rimnitzer Rebbe. And when he had his appointment in there, the Rebbe looked at him straight in the eye and he said like this, Herzogzi, do you believe with a full belief that even though this case sounds like it's all against you as a witness and everything, all of the circumstantial evidence piles up, and because they have a witness, so it's incriminating, and it makes it sound like you are guilty. With all of this, do you still have a moon in Betochen and believe that you could walk out, and not just you could, that you will walk out a free man from this trial? Do you believe this, yes or no? I, I, well, you know, <laughs> Rebbe, <clears throat> you know, I'm not even close to great to the moon in Betochen that the Rebbe has. You know, I mean, this is a very hard thing for me to do. You know, it's it's not such a simple thing. You know, I can't just, you know, you know, everything is against me. There's an eyewitness there. And they're trying to prove, they're building a case against me with insurance fraud and everything. It's mamish, I'm telling you, it, it, it's terrible. I, I don't know what to say. They don't believe my alibi because the only one that was home was my wife because my other kinderlech, one was by a friend's house, the other one learns an out-of-town yeshiva, and my daughter, she's married, Baruch Hashem. So what are I going to do? I'll ask you again. Are you going to try to work on yourself to have a munim betochem that no matter how bad this case looks against you, that you can win this case and walk out free. And so the Rebbe kept hacking him a chinik. I wouldn't say the word hacking a chinik. Let me rephrase that. Okay, so what the Rebbe did was the Rebbe pounded into him 
over and over again until he actually walked with the feeling of, yeah, yeah, I could walk out of this. Yes, yes, I have that amunim betachem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. I'm going to give you a matbeah. Hold on to this matbeah. Hold on to this coin. And listen to me very carefully. I want you to hold on to it throughout the whole trial, no matter what happens. And when there's a recess break, you give me a call. Okay? Uh, yeah, sure. And the day of the trial came. And the prosecuting attorney got up there. And so, your majesty, I should say, your majesty, <laughs> maybe one day you'll be the president. <laughs> your honor, uh, may, may I first uh, bring this case very clear. Well, the, the, the court uh, is, is now, uh, the state, I would say, is, is bringing a case, you see, against uh, Mendel Bronstein for insurance fraud, you understand? And all the evidence points say uh, that he has a lot of motive. I mean, if you stop and think about it, you know what I mean? Stop and think about it. After all, uh, you know what? We'll call uh, a witness, a, a person from the insurance company. Uh, Mr. George Mulligan, could you please come up here? Yes, sir, I will come up there with the greatest of pleasure. I am here now, sitting down on the chair, and I raise my hand in the affirmation, whatever you want to call it, yes, swearing, bad, whatever. Okay, listen, uh, what do you want to ask me? Uh, um, uh, is it possible that this man, uh, Mr. Bronstein, uh, committed this insurance fraud? Uh, of course it's possible, yes, because I mean, definitely, because, uh, as you say, sir, um, it is no question about it, that, that uh, this man here is, uh, how would you say, um, he has everything to gain by uh, burning down the house because he hasn't been paid for rent for a long time. I thank you, sir. Thank you very much. And, of course, witness after witness that would try to prove how insurance fraud is done and so on and so forth. The only thing that was left was the eyewitness testimony which they were saving for last, because that would be like the mock of a potish that would finish off Bronstein. But Mendel Bronstein sat there in the courtroom holding this coin that the Ribnitzer Rebbe gave him, and he kept saying to himself over and over again, Be'ezras Hashem, I'm going to walk out of here a free man. And sometimes he got emotional. Well, a rough game from do a friar mensch. Oops, sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Would you please uh, quiet down there? We're trying to run a trial and we're trying to find you guilty. So if you don't mind, would you please stop singing to yourself? Hey, yeah, yeah, okay, sorry. Okay, at this present moment, we're going to call a recess. Order in the court. We're now going to call a recess here for 15 minutes and then we'll resume and then we'll call the eyewitness uh, to testify. And of course, they came outside and he was outside into like like the lobby or, or a lounge room, whatever it was that they had in that particular courtroom. And the other people from the neighborhood was there to like urge on and, and really give support to be able to uh, put away uh, Mendel Bronstein in jail. They were there. But let me tell you what happened. They looked at him and said, Yo, my, my man, what you doing over there? Holy, yeah, what you holding over there? You seem to hold something. You're squeezing that and you keep mumbling it to yourself. What you got over there? Uh, me? I just got a coin over here. You know what I mean? A coin? Well, it looks like a corner. <laughs> I don't know what that corner is for. Tell me, what you doing? I, 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 my rabbi, the, the great sounded, the Rivnitz rabbi, told me I should hold on to this. And I am going to have a token in the moon and Hashem, and I'm going to believe very strongly I'm going to work out of this case a free man. You'll see. 
<laughs> you have faith in that corner and your rabbi. Whoa, don't you see this whole case is against you? Yeah, this whole case is against you. Yeah, this case is against you. You don't stand a chance, you know. When the judge sees how much support he has from the neighborhood against you, boy, you are going to be in trouble. And sure enough, towards the end of the recess, there was a little side meeting. <laughs> now listen here, Reginald Green. You pay attention to me very well. You're going to do exactly what I say to you. Now remember, you got the story that I wrote down straight? Uh, yeah, I, I got it straight, man. No question about it. I got everything straight down here. Now, according to uh, what we discussed, uh, you're going to pay us uh, I mean, he's going to pay me uh, uh, 500 uh, before I testify and the other 500 after I testify. Ain't that so? <laughs> well, you know what? I was just thinking to myself, and I was thinking nice and loud. You're a faithful follower of the flock, aren't you? Y yes, sir, I am. Well, you know, uh, we could use that $1,000 to support our base of tumor. So I, I would say that you're going to be uh, uh, a faithful follower and you're going to forfeit your thousand dollars and you're going to testify anyways because everybody knows you're the witness and therefore if you don't testify now it's going to be perjury and that's going to be not so good for you <laughs> what, what, what's that you, you're not going to pay me the money did you say it uh-uh i'm not going to pay it to you you're going to do this as a service for the base of tumor because that's the right thing to do Oh, yeah? Yeah. Well, I'm going to be thinking about that. Hmm. Oh, hey, 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 uh, 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 Rookie Louie, uh, come here. Oh, yeah, sure, sure. What can I do for you? Hey, Rookie Louie, let me ask you something. How well do you know the Reverend? How do you, how well do you know the scholar? I know him very well, but I don't trust him. Because, you know... He always asks for money for donations to fix up the church and everything, but he never fixes the base of Tumba. It seems to stay in the same condition all the time. So what does he do with the money? I was wondering about that myself. Yeah. So he's a greedy guy. He's the corrupt guy. Sure, he didn't want us to pay rent because of... Wow, wow, wow. And of course, while he was doing that, thinking, whoa, 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 and of course, Mendel called the Rimnitz Rebbe. So, remember, Mendel, you hold on to the coin, and you think, and you think real hard that Hashem could make miracles happen, and you are going to walk away free. Do you understand? The whole case is going to be overturned. And when the recess was over, the judge said, Order in the court, please. Everybody sit down. Come, 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 sit down, sit down. Okay. All right, uh, let, let the proceedings begin. Uh, uh, would you please um, call your next witness, please? Uh, the actual witness, uh, like we call the eyewitness. Yeah, sure. Let me call the eyewitness. All right, uh, Mr. Reginald Green, uh, would you please come up to the stand? Uh, yes, sir, I'm going to come up to the stand. Now, would you raise your right hand? I'm going to raise my right hand, raise my left hand, raise my foot if you want me to. Just uh, please swear that you tell the whole truth, nothing but the truth, you know, uh, uh, so help me God and everything. Just just do that. Oh, okay. I'm, go I'm, going, to, I'm going to do that. All right. I'm going to do that. Uh, all right. Now, 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 uh, uh, tell us uh, what you saw. Yeah, should I tell you what I saw? All right. I'm going to tell you what I saw. Your Honor, 
please forgive me and please don't arrest me for perjury, but I saw absolutely nothing. The truth is, the fire was an accident. What are you saying? I thought that... Uh, well, you see, it turns out uh, that uh, the Galach over there, uh, Father Lee Jones, uh, he was supposed to pay me money because he wanted to get the Jew in trouble because he didn't want the Jew to collect the money and he just seems to be a greedy guy and he wants to collect all the money. That's why he doesn't want us to pay the rent to the Jewish people because he wants to collect more money in his donation boxes and he never fixes up the base of Tumah. You know what I mean? And the judge heard that. And all the people in the courtroom heard that. And, of course, Lee Jones was very embarrassed. He turned red and he was about to leave the courtroom when the judge ordered him to be arrested. And, of course, it was natural that the judge turned over the case, freed Mendel Bronson, just like the rabbit said, and he was freed. And when he got home, he was making a suicide door, no question about it. And, of course, he called the Rimsa Rebbe and told him about it. And Father Lee Jones, he spent a good number of years in jail, and they finally got a good galach to take over the base at Tumah. Wow, that was a fantastic story. I think we have about one minute and 32 seconds left. Okay, can we take one phone call, two phone calls, whatever. Hello, you're on the air. Hello, you're on the air. Let's make it quick because I had this is a brand new story I never told before. I had no idea how long it's going to take. So uh, what is your name and tell me what lesson you learned in tonight's story. What? Tell me Hello? Your, yes. No. Tell me quickly what your name and what is lesson you learned in tonight's story or I have to go to the next phone call. Hello, Mr. Daly. Um, it's always... Pay money for the person that owns the house. Very nice. Very good. Okay, hello, you're on the air. What is your name? Anonymous. I want to, I want to learn that to always listen to your Rebbe, and I want to say hi to Yossi. Okay, Yossi. Hi, how are you? Okay, okay thank you very good. Okay, we've got to go to the next caller. We can take, I think, one more caller. Okay. Hello? Yes, you're on the air. You might be the lucky last caller for tonight. Yes, well, what, what is your name, and what lesson you learned tonight's story? My name is Sarah Bodner. And my lesson is, you should never listen to 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 Galachim, and should always uh, pay people that owe the house. That's true, also. But uh, sometimes there are nice Galachim too. So you know, we have to be fear. But basically, we have to be watching and be careful not to deal with Rishayim. Okay, that's good. Okay, I'm sorry. That's all the time we have, even though the switchboard is loaded. But I had no idea how long this story was going to take. It's the first time I ever told it, and so therefore, what? Such a good story. Oh, see? Oh, yeah. See, Dr. Simcha thinks it was a very good story, Member too. Member of the flock. Huh? Member of the flock. Ah, yes. Very good. Okay, so here we go. So for now, it's so long, and have a wonderful Shabbos and a wonderful weekend, and we'll see you all next week, Mr. Hashem, and here is Dr. Simcha. So until then, goodbye. Goodbye.